0: Yes. I understand you have rooms to let. Some friends and I have formed a musical group. We have been looking for somewhere to practice. Let's get a professional. Mrs. Wilmerforce, not a mere appendage to my plan. She's a very core. How do we know we can trust her to do it right if she don't even know what she's doing? Mrs. W should be coming into view... Just about now. Ah, oh, that. I wonder if perhaps you'd like some tea? Tea? Coffee? Mend the plummet. Give the parrot his medicine. we have got to get away. What do you think we should do? Charter a bus? Most exhilarating. She saw the money, she'll talk. Take care of Mrs. W. How about suicide? I ain't going to do it. You're in this just as much as we are. Simply try to behave like gentlemen. It's a good plan, except for the human element. Well, hello and welcome to Cinema Chat with David Heath. And I am your host podcast host. My name is David Heath, and I welcome you to the show, and I'm so glad that you're listening. And as you might have surmised, we are going to be talking about uh, the 1955 Black comedy, The Lady Killers. And uh, before we get started, uh, I want to say thank you to uh, anyone that's written a, a, a nice review um, on iTunes or any other platform that you might listen to this on. If you uh, listen to this on a platform where you can write a review or rate it four stars or five stars, uh, please do so. Um, and, well, rate it five stars if you if it's five stars possible, <laughs> if you can. But um, I really appreciate all the really great reviews. And uh, we, our literature has grown uh, incredibly uh, over the five and a half years uh, that we've been doing this podcast. And uh, I'm super excited uh, about uh, some things that are going to happen uh, in next year, in the beginning of the year and, and on. Uh, and I've got a lot of good podcast uh, ideas, uh, but uh, The Lady Killers is, Uh, what we are going to be talking about uh, today and sometimes i do podcast episodes where i blow it out and i just talk uh, about everything about a film usually if i have a guest on there may be a spoiler i try to let people know if there's a spoiler if it's a movie like casablanca we did with carrie speck a few years ago uh, there's a lot of spoilers gone with the wind you know be a couple spoilers but uh but uh, you know, some movies are are not as, oh, is as well uh, watched as others. And The Lady Killers is one of those sleeper ones that uh, a lot of people, uh, maybe it slipped by them. And I will tell you right now, uh, don't let it do that. Uh, you need to watch The Lady Killers uh, from 1955. Um, it is just a fantastic dark comedy and has twists and turns that are in some cases unbelievable Uh, but uh, the film is directed by Alexander um, McKendrick I was gonna I couldn't say couldn't spit it out but uh, it stars Sir Alec Guinness as Professor Marcus and peter sellers is uh in this in his first big role Uh, uh, herbert lomb uh cecil parker danny green and katie johnson as louisa wilberforce and uh this is an exciting film uh, it's going to be a relatively short podcast episode because I don't want to give out any spoilers and I don't have a podcast partner uh, breaking this down with me. Uh, so we're just going to highlight it and then I'm going to direct you to watch it. If you have seen it, enjoy the rest of the of the episode. Uh, hopefully I will bring something up that you didn't know. Uh, if not, maybe it'll just bring a smile to your face, and this will encourage you to re-watch it, uh, because it is, it is fun. Uh, the first time I saw the Lady Killers would have been uh, probably, well, it would have been less than 20 years ago. Um, I, I saw the remake, which we will get to later. I saw the remake first, uh, from 2004, starring Tom Hanks. And I actually rather liked the, that that film. It's a Cohen Brothers movie and I um, and we'll talk more about that later, but uh, but at some point after that I I saw this come I saw the original come on Turner Classic Movies. Uh, it never. I never knew. I mean, I'm a. I've always been kind of a Peter Sellers freak, and I kind of want to be a Peter Sellers completist and be able to watch all of his films. And I didn't know that he was in this. You know, back in those days, we, you know, the internet was out there, but we didn't really look up everything in 2004 or five or six, uh, did we? I don't think so. Uh, but. In any case, at least certainly not as well <laughs> as we do now or, or as easily as we do now with our, our phones. Um, but uh, but The Lady Killers, uh, you know, was Peter Sellers' first big role. Um, the star of this film uh, is Sir Alec Guinness. And he does a, just a fantastic smash-up job as this gentlemanly crook... <laughs> Um, he's he's a robber. He's a mastermind of of a of a big robbery. Uh, the he leads uh, the other guys, uh, the other four guys, on uh, this master plan that he has, which actually works beautifully. Um, and and but these guys move into uh, the to miss. Miss Ms. Wilberforce's house, and she's an elderly widow, and uh, and she, they do it under the guise of you know they're in a band and they're or they're um, playing music or not really even a band. Uh, they they play classical music and uh, but in fact they can't play instruments at all. And it's quite funny because every time uh, she enters the room, they they quickly grab their inter- instruments and and act like they're playing. But in reality, uh, they just play a record <laughs> of some classical music. Uh, but it's, it's quite funny. The, the heist uh, goes off beautifully. They, they rob a van, uh, a money van, uh, coming directly from a bank. And everything works perfectly. Uh, until, of course, the human element, as, as Sir Alaginus says, uh, in in the in the clip that I played, the human element is very important, though. Obviously, uh, Miss Wilberforce is contributing to this robbery unwittingly, uh, completely. But they needed her help, and they got it, and it worked masterfully. The only big problem is. She was uh, on she caught on to what they they were doing. Uh, she found sixty thousand they 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 stole sixty thousand pounds. They roughly got in today's money eight hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. That is something that I calculated could be off by, let's just say give or take, a hundred grand. <laughs> but they, the plan is to split it, split it flat five ways and uh, the plan again goes off masterfully, but unfortunately uh, they are found out. Now one of the inherent problems with doing podcast episode on comedies is you don't want to give away all the bits. Uh, there are so many things to take uh, from this, this film. Uh, the humor is very dark in most most cases um there are some really great scenes i'm uh, i'm going to highlight each of the main actors and and maybe just kind of tell you something to uh look for with uh, with them Uh, but uh, i wanted to also say uh first katie johnson uh with miss wilberforce um again we're gonna say sarah leganis was the star of the film but realistically the person who shined the most as great of an actor and comedically uh that uh alan guinness was katie johnson was so wonderful in this um can't even sing her praises enough Um, she was a sweet and proper lady Uh, she told all these wild stories uh, to the police in the beginning of the film to kind of foreshadow some things. Uh, and uh, they just kind of say, okay, oh, sure, Ms. Wilberforce, okay. We'll look into that. Okay, now run along, you know. And they just humor her and they don't really actually pay attention to what she's saying. They don't believe her wild story. She uh, talks about uh, seeing UFOs uh, in, in the or spaceships Says the word spaceship, and which you know, kind of funny, a spaceship, uh, Aliginus, uh, Star Wars, that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, Katie Johnson was wonderful in this movie, and I just absolutely adore her. And she might be the best thing about it in a movie with Alec Guinness and Peter Sellers um, and these other generally funny, great actors. Um, it's Katie Johnson that comes out shining so brightly. Uh, I just love her in this movie. Uh, She was known to be uh, more of a stage actress. Um, She was born in Sussex, England, which, by the way, this is a a British uh, film, I should uh, point out, and all the actors in it are British. Uh, But uh, she was, uh, known, uh, for, uh, a stage for stage work, but she also starred in films, uh, starting back in 1932. Uh, this probably was her brightest shiny moment, uh, in, in film. Uh, she would uh, go on to be in one more film after this called how to marry a rich uncle, uh, which was her final film role. And she died before, uh, that film got released in 1957 she was 78 years old uh so she was would have been approximately 75 when they were filming this and but just delightful woman and i i just can't sing her praises enough and uh in a film with some big names uh she's the one that comes out looking the best but um Let's not discount what Sir Alec Guinness did as playing Professor Marcus. Um, oh, by the way, I wanted to say something about about Katie Johnson, too, her role as Mrs. Wilberforce. Um, it, it's so funny because um, when you watch it, you almost want Alec Guinness to say, may the Wilberforce be with you. <laughs> I sorry, I had to just say it. But anyway, uh, but Al Guinness plays Professor Marcus, who, who uh, we assume is not really a professor. <laughs> but he is very well spoken, and he is a criminal mastermind. Um, so, Al Guinness, we, we've talked about him on the podcast a couple of times. Um, uh, he was uh, He was in, of course, Star Wars in 1977, a film that he was. Um, not not particularly proud of, even though everybody else seems to love it. Um, but he was also in the bridge on the River Kwai. And I would challenge you to listen to uh, the episodes that we've got on both Star Wars and the bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, and if you scroll through, uh, you'll be able to hear those podcast episodes, and, uh, and I definitely recommend watching those films. Uh, Sir is one of the greatest actors that ever lived, um, performed on the stage with some of the other greatest actors that ever lived in Britain. Uh, just a marvelous uh, wonder of, a, of an actor. Uh, he just uh, blew this world away uh, as Professor Marcus. Um, he's very believable, um, very disturbing looking and and even though it's even though he appears gentlemanly and appears to Ms Wilberforce as a as a person that is probably sincere, um, but he does look sinister. And we know that he is, and maybe that's all the, re- the only reason why uh, we see that. Um, he doesn't have a lot of funny lines in the films per se, um, but he has a lot of dry humor in this, and I would look for it. Um, you know, it's not like one of those things where he just says a lot of funny things, uh, and you and they're belly laughs. But it's very dry humor, and and. And witty nonetheless Uh, Herbert Long uh, was big big a big uh, player in this movie too Uh, he played Lewis Harvey his role was very important because he was a man that was of a lot more violent nature he did not want to be dealing with um, an, an elderly lady that didn't even know what she was what her role was uh, she was completely uh, uh, unaware of what they were doing. Um, he wanted to challenge Marcus, um, but he finally relented because uh, he wanted money. Uh, but um, uh, I would say Herbert Lom was probably the least funny uh, of the of the guys in this movie. But he he balanced out the uh, the characters. He definitely balanced out uh uh Alec character uh which um uh you know Al Guinness pl- plays a guy that's more conniving and Herbert Long plays you know this uh almost more just mob type guy you know I I don't want to I don't know why we're dealing with this old lady I kind of thing. and he's not a conniver he's not a con artist he is somebody that just wants to steal and doesn't want to have to um play games to do it and uh but he does finally relent uh herbert long uh, you probably will know him best uh, as starring with peter sellers in the pink panther movies uh, he was uh, actually interestingly enough he was in more pink panther movies than peter sellers uh, uh peter sellers died in 1980 and there were uh, there were a couple of uh well, there was at least one sequel um, in 1988 um, and, or actually, yeah and uh, they were in, he and Herbert Long played in that film when Peter Sellers was gone um, but uh, Herbert Long played the long suffering uh, boss of, of Inspector Rousseau and um, just did such a marvelous job of, of, of that um, he uh, lived a very long life. He was 95 years old uh, when when he died less than 10 years ago. Um, just a a really really uh, uh, key person in this movie. Um, and then, of course, that brings us to Peter Sellers, his first major role in a major motion picture. Uh, plays Henry or Harry Robinson. I guess. Uh, somewhat of a quiet role for Peter Sellers. Uh, had a lot of funny lines, or I, I wouldn't say a lot. He had several very funny lines. Um, and there's a really great scene with a parrot where he gets bitten by a parrot. And that's really quite funny. And the whole bit of all these men dealing with Mrs. Wilberforce constantly, almost harassing them, uh, about asking them do you want tea do you want coffee uh, I just you know want to be a good hostess and uh, the guys just wanted to be left alone but they couldn't say that to her uh, because then that would be appear rude and they didn't want any sort of rudeness to come across and the, the looks on their faces every time she entered the room they always made sure not to look angry but they were angry. We know this as the audience, but <laughs> this is Wilbur didn't know. One of the things that makes her so delightful in this movie. Uh, but Peter Sellers um, also looked for a scene where he is running away toward the end. Um, uh, you'll see a little bit of Chaplin in his run. Uh, he, has the one foot up in the air and one foot on the ground pointed you know with toes down kind of thing um it, it's really interesting look for that scene uh, toward the end when he is uh, running away um and uh, i don't want to give any uh spoilers so i'll say, won't say any more about that uh, but uh, peter sellers uh, of course bet, uh, probably uh, i i best known for the pink Panther movies uh he, of course uh, was uh, in being there his last film in 1979 um but uh, <laughs> he's his contribution uh to movie comedy is almost immeasurable um and i, I as a matter of fact i've gone on the record of saying a couple times um to me it's like you know chaplin keaton um and uh harold lloyd uh groucho marx and and peter sellers you know the giants of comedy the all geniuses of comedy and uh you're gonna throw a stan laurel in there too uh, but uh just absolutely genius peter sellers was um you're not gonna see a whole lot of that in this movie of uh, the comedic genius that he was um i i re-watched it uh, with my son the other day, uh, Josh, who's appeared on the podcast numerous times. And uh, what I said to him was, the only thing I don't like about this movie is that Peter Sellers isn't allowed to really fly. And, um, you know, he wasn't a big star yet. And so that's the, that's the one thing that uh, um, I don't want anyone to be disappointed because it's such a fantastic film. Um, but uh, but you're not going to see Peter Sellers in all his glory in this. Um, he has some great moments, um, but for the most part, he's more of a background guy. He's kind of almost the fifth guy out of five guys um, in, as far as his lines. Um, let's see here. Uh, Cecil Parker uh, plays uh, the major, the Major Courtney. They always call him the major. Uh, who is very gentlemanly, once again. Um, but he is a, a con artist, like Professor Marcus. He's probably not nearly as smart as Professor Marcus, um, but he pulls off looking smart. And um, he plays a, a, a very important role uh, in the film. Um, I'll And the movie's called Lady Killers, so I'm not going to be spoiling it by saying something like this um, he he's he draws the the short uh, the short toothpick uh, <laughs> so um, so and it's fun to watch his reactions to it um, long imBD uh, Cecil Parker has uh, um, 91 credits uh, he died 1971 and he was uh, s- uh, sev- uh, 70. I think he was 74 years old. Um, Danny Green uh, plays one round. They call him one round, which is a boxing reference. And I think that means he lost all of his fights in one round. Or he won them all in one round. I'm not sure. But they actually call him one round. Um, and it is a boxing reference for sure. He's just really a dumb lug. And he's the... You know, this is his biggest role. Um, he died nineteen seventy three, and he was uh, seventy years old. Uh, but, but um, uh, Danny Green was funny in this movie, and and I think that he brings a mo a level to this where uh, if you're ten years old, you could w- watch this and enjoy it. Um, I think, um, but. You know, he's, he brings that cartoonish humor, but it's not over the top by any stretch. It's just enough to level things out. Again, Alec Guinness playing this really smart guy, all these smart lines. You gotta have someone to balance him out. And Herbert Lom, violent nature, does that. Uh, and we've got uh, Danny Green, who is a dumb guy, who balances it out too. So that's one thing that makes this uh, engine go in this uh, in this movie. And like I said, Katie Johnson is a very sweet but stubborn lady. Uh, very trusting, though. Um, the men eventually give her a reason not to trust, but we won't get into that. Um, and of course, she does play a role in the heist uh, unwittingly. <laughs> uh, and uh, she becomes... Uh, just a great foil for or the robbers, sometimes unwittingly. Uh, but again, I just love the looks on her on their faces, the robbers, every time they talk to her. Or every time she talks to them. They are freaked out because they're so concerned that something's going to happen and that she's gonna learn uh what what was going on there. Uh let's see here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a couple of the other things, uh, the cinematography. This is shot in Technicolor, and and it is it is beautiful at times, and does, I'm going to be brutally honest, it does look antiquated at other times. Some of the movies in Technicolor uh, from the 40s and 50s, um, going back to "Gone with the Wind" nineteen thirty nine, uh, you know I, I think particularly "Gone with the Wind," uh, "The Searchers" with John Wayne. I think those are two movies that look absolutely fabulous and actually better than some movies made today with the CGI. You know silliness um, that we got going on in every movie, um, but um, but I I love the way um, they make the they make London look and um, and it's just a it's a really well shot film uh, there are a couple moments where you're like oh that's definitely a green screen but that does happen with every movie I mean literally every movie that's that's out there happens um, but, but I love the cinematography and that was done by a gentleman named Otto Heller and he, um, also, uh, did, uh, uh, the film, Richard III, the, the same year in 1955. Um, uh, William Rose, we want to shine a light on him, uh, wrote this, the script for this movie and just did a brilliant job. This is an excellent script. And this is, I mean, you know, there are a lot of things to make this movie work. Um, you know, but the script is, is marvelous. And it's written, yeah, by William Rose, who would uh, later go on uh, to... Well, he was nominated for an Oscar, by the way, uh, for this uh, for this uh, screenplay. Uh, but he also would go on to write some of their films, including Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and uh, The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming as well, both in 1967. Uh, he also... Wrote it's a mad 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 world, uh, which um, surprises me. That was nominated for an Academy Award. That was a tough job to write that with all those uh, people in the movie. Uh, it's a mad 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 world. Um, I I heard I heard I heard Gilbert Gottfried say on his podcast uh, a long time ago that that's a movie that everybody should see once. <laughs> Watch it again, Um, but anyway, some people do uh, definitely swear by it. um, But it's a it's a it's an okay movie. It's just it's just a very long movie with a lot of characters and and they just try to fit in a little too much. uh, But that's okay. (laughs) It's fun to watch all those comedy legends. But anyway, um, the film is directed. Again, by Alexander uh, Mackendrick, who would also go on to direct. Uh, well, actually, not go on to. Uh, but he was uh, well known for directing *The Man in the White Suit*, which is uh, an excellent movie, in which and whiskey galore. Um, so he also went on to direct uh, *Sweet Smell of Success* and another movie that we covered on the podcast don't make waves in 1967 and that was his last movie which that's a movie that i like that the critics didn't like um if you want to scroll back and listen to that episode uh you certainly can Uh, hopefully everybody's getting addicted to my show uh, because i got a lot of got a lot of episodes to listen to so (laughs) um anyway um Yeah, the Lady Killers 1955, definitely recommend. Okay, now that brings us to uh, the Lady Killers 2004. Now again, I'm going to say that I saw this one first. Um, I did not see the 1955 version uh, until I was well into my adult years. And um, I... I when I saw the Lady Killers uh, in two thousand four the Coen brothers version, I, you know I, I can't say it was the best movie I ever saw, but I really liked it, and and as time went on I was really surprised, uh to, see the reception was so poor to it, uh, now it really wasn't received like the worst movie ever like the worst movie ever but, um, but. Um, there are a lot of people that didn't like it. Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars and saying that um, not content to be funny just wants to be funny and um, and also accusing it of being over the top uh, let's see, what is, how does is this quote go? Over the top in a way rarely seen outside Looney Tunes and I can't say that he's completely wrong with that um but uh this movie stars Tom Hanks in the uh, in the character uh only this in the character that Al Guinness played only this one he's called uh Dr. Goldthwaite Higginson Dorr, uh Southern Professor and uh an Edgar Allan Poe quote quoter quote, and um it also has Marlon Wayans Um, and J.K. Simmons, who is always great in everything. Uh, C. Ma as the general, um, and Ryan Hurst uh, as the the big dumb lug. Uh, But um, the movie lacks the chemistry that the 1955 one had. It's like they're trying a little too hard. Um, Like Roger Ebert said, uh, but but I still like it and I even like it a lot i, I it doesn't compare to the 1955 very well um, but as a standalone it's really good um, you know tom Hanks um, is no Guinness, but he still pulls this off uh, playing a southern professor or not a British professor and I think if he we were trying to be a British professor I think it would not go over quite as well but this one takes place in the south uh in the united states so it comes off a little bit different uh jk simmons of course um you know anytime someone says ibs or i always think of this movie uh because <laughs> he seems to have movements at the just at the wrong time um marlon wayne's kind of annoyed me in the movie i thought that uh he had too I thought there was just too much uh, bad language from him. And I'm not, not to sound like a prude, but I uh, just think that's just how I felt. Um, you know, it just kind of annoyed me. Um, and I've liked him in other things, but I, I, the, this one, I, you know, not a big fan of. Uh, there are some things to like about this uh, movie. Um, I, I like. Uh, i like some of the lines um and i i i definitely like tom hank's performance um i was not nearly as big of a fan of irma hall's performance uh, as katie johnson uh, irma hall looks a little too much like she's acting and katie johnson looks like uh, somebody that um they, they just knocked on the door and said hey would you like to be in a movie and then she came out and just said, "Okay, sure, I'll do it." And then she just performed like she, you know, behave, you know, behaved like she behaves naturally. It just all came. Um, the The whole bit about I'm going to give this money to Bob Jones University and all that stuff. Uh, it, I don't know. I just, I, I just wasn't a big, uh, really big fan of. Of her and I and and really uh, I think Tom Hanks and J.K. Simmons are the only ones that come out of this movie um, looking, you know, anywhere close to terrific. Um, uh, uh, Stephen Root is in the movie and uh, um, and I do like his role uh, in this movie. They uh, try to rob a casino, and um, and Stephen Root, if you don't know who that is. Uh, He's, uh, the, uh, excuse me, I believe you have my stapler, you know, guy in Office Space. Um, uh, great character actor, and he pulls off, you know, being a, a tough boss, uh, just as well as he does playing this meek little, uh, man in the office, uh, in Office Space. But anyway, um. Uh, the Lady Killers 1955, um, has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and, and then, uh, the Coen Brothers version gets 54%, and so, yeah, and I, and I, I think uh, that that's, um, I think the 54% is a little harsh, but, um. You know, I would have looked to, to for it to be closer to seventy percent, um, but but again, I really liked the the two thousand four version. I think it was a uh, a fine film, but but it does not compare to the nineteen fifty five, uh, particularly when you're looking at Katie Johnson. Um, it's Just absolutely just a wonderful performance, and I just love Katie Johnson in this movie. She's just wonderful in the nineteen fifty five one that is, and. Um, unfortunately, she didn't live long enough to be in the 2004 version. Um, uh, and incidentally, um, Irma Hall, been in other things that has been that has been just fine. And um, but it just you know to compare her to Katie Johnson's uh, performance being so natural, seeming so natural anyway, um, just doesn't compare. Uh, but. Nonetheless, I, you know, I, 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 I recommend watching it. Maybe the two thousand four version, but, but I definitely recommend the nineteen fifty five. Um, I think you might be disappointed if you watch the, watch the two thousand four afterward. But if you've seen the recent one. Um, and didn't see the one from 1955, go ahead and, and see it. Um, I also looked up the, the, in the credits for the 1955 version. I can't find anybody that, that at all that is still with us, Any of the, um, anybody that played a minor role or anybody that was in the credits whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't find anybody that's still with us. And that kind of makes me sad that 1955 was that long ago. We're looking at 68 years ago. Uh, so, anyway, um, not to end on a depressing note, but <laughs> but I definitely recommend uh, watching The Lady Killers from 1955, and uh, you will not be disappointed if you like dark comedy, that's for sure. Anyway, um, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I do appreciate, again, the great reviews that I uh, have been receiving and, um, if you, again, if you can rate this, this show, uh, please give me a nice rating. Be nice to me <laughs> if you can. Um, you, gotta, you can slip in a review if, uh, if the, the platform you listen to, uh, iTunes, uh, let you leave a review. And I was so excited to see some recent good reviews on iTunes. And that is just fabulous. Um, but that is all I got.